Thanks, guys, for leading, leading us in worship this morning. Well, man, I am pumped about this summer. We're going to have an incredible time. Well, yesterday, uh, got up ready to, to go ahead to the car wash, and, and kudos to you guys who uh, got the uh, wrinkly fingers from scrubbing cars all day. You did a great job, and uh, it was a beautiful day for that. And uh, as we were getting ready to go, I... Uh, Got really excited about the thought that this gorgeous day I get to get in my Jeep and the top's off and it's one of my favorite things to do. And now uh, with Jenna, she's exiting the room right now, uh, our one-year-old, we strapped her uh, car seat in the back of the Jeep and she loves the Jeep. I mean, we have, we're kind of on this incline in our driveway, and it's got this really mean bump to it. So when you come out, it's like, boom, and that's like her favorite part. We get out, it's just boom, and she, she'll go. And I said, oh, this is just the beginning, Jenna. And so we have her strapped in. And it was really interesting. I thought about while we were strapping her in, uh, you know, these, these uh, car seats have, are like really high tech now. And I know because I've been through six of them. But uh, they're really high tech. And, you know, it used to be just kind of like over the head and click, you're done. But now it's like over the shoulder, adjust the pad. The other shoulder, adjust the pad. And then you got these little metal things that, that are down here attached to the same strap. And they go across the leg into this little snap, and this other, and, which is really cool. But, you know, it's like she's going to skydive instead of ride in a car. But we get her all strapped in, and then there's like one string that you pull and just, you know, just sucks her all in. It's just really great. And, and although she doesn't think it's great. That being kind of the point. When I pull that and strap her in, she, she's having a blast. She knows we're going for a ride. She gets excited. But the minute I start to confine and constrain, the attitude changes. Ever felt that way? You know? Hey, free. Things are going great. Everything's cool. But the minute you feel some constraints or, or someone telling you, no, you can't do it that way. We're going to do it this way. And then there's a little authority to it, like that string being pulled and into, into the chair. Her attitude changes. Now, she's quickly over it as we go. But the thing is, is she has no idea at one year old, she has no idea that in doing that, that that is one of the greatest acts of love that I can offer to her in that situation. She has no idea that all of that is to protect her and to provide for her, does she? There's no way that she can. All she feels is the restraint and the tension and, and everything that goes with that. Have you ever felt that way in terms of your relationship with God? Have you ever felt as a believer that, you know, I'm seeking to do right or I'm listening to what my mom and dad are, are telling me and, and teaching me what I'm learning at church and, and I'm finding that after I leave this building, after I leave my Christian surroundings, I find that I'm pressed sometimes, that, that I'm confined, I'm, I'm being um, held back and I get really frustrated. Isn't it an interesting thought to think that God, our Heavenly Father, is much like I'm being in that role as father, earthly father, to Jenna. What if it is that that discomfort that we feel, that stuff that we think is to keep us from enjoying life or to not have fun, what if it's really the holy hand of God tightening us in and saying it's there to protect you and to provide for you? It's a great thought, and it's one that someone you, you know about, Moses, in the Bible, basically acknowledged the same truth when he challenged the nation of Israel. And I want to take you to Deuteronomy 10. You don't have to turn there. I think we'll, we'll have it up here. But Deuteronomy 10, 12 through 13, listen to this. And now, Israel, what does the Lord your God require of you 
but to fear the Lord your God, to walk in all of his ways, to love him, to serve the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul, and keep the commandments and statues of the Lord, the commands, the put your seatbelt on, do this, do that, don't do that, the, the commands that, that he gives us, which I am commanding you today, watch this, for your good. Boy, you see that principle there? Can you see that God is doing many things in our lives that are, are way above and beyond our ability to comprehend them? Can you just acknowledge that in your heart today? Can you just admit that there is a, not only is there a God in heaven, but there is a God who is so far beyond anything that we can imagine, conceive, think about, dwell on, uh, create, imagine, anything, and that he has got your best interests in mind? And what if those things that maybe right now in your life or even this past year have felt like constraints or things that confined you, what if those really were the Lord saying, I'm doing this for your good, to protect, to provide for you. God did that for our good. Bill Hybel said this, the Lord tells us specifically that his commands are never burdensome. By this, he doesn't necessarily mean they're easy to keep. Rather, he's telling us that they're never foolish. They are never unnecessary or purely arbitrary. He doesn't force us to observe meaningless formalities, nor does he impose rules that have no value. On the contrary, every guideline, every law, every imperative in the Bible, listen to this, was crafted in infinite wisdom. They were given not only to honor God, but to benefit us as well. And that is certainly true of God's first command that he gave to Moses on Mount Sinai. Remember that? You shall have no other gods before me. Interesting, first command, you shall have no other gods before me. Why? Why would God say that? Because God knows us. He knows that we, in our lives, will try and attempt to create gods. He knew uh, way ahead of time that, that we would be tempted to go after other gods, strange gods, new gods. Don't, don't we see them all the time? Don't we see, uh, whether we label them cult, whether we label them any other thing, it's all of these gods trying to surface and tempt us and get us to follow. But God's desire is that we'll do what he says in Jeremiah 32, 39. I will give them one heart and one way that they may fear me forever, listen to this, for their own good and the good of their children after them. Do you hear God's promises. It's not just about preventing us from things. It's not just about keeping us from what we want to do. It's all about protecting us. It's all about providing for us. But when you and I give in to the other idols, and you know what? When we begin to give in to other idols and we begin to make cultural compromises, key word, we're going to talk about that in just a second, cultural compromises, it thwarts God's plans. You say, no, whoa, 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 God's plans. God has plans? Yeah, check this verse out, Jeremiah 29, 11. For I know, get that, I know, I know the plans I have for you. Says the youth pastor. Says North Hills Community Church. Is that what it says? No, I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Not a Lord, not a God, not a little G-O-D, the big God. Big G, big O, big D, the one and only God. I know the plans I have for you. Plans, here they are. What are they? For wholeness and not for evil to give you a future and a hope. 
If you, if you have misunderstood God up to this point, don't misunderstand him beyond today. He has planned to give you a future and a hope. He is all about your life being good. He's all about your life being the best that it can be. But you're going to have to understand, you and I, we need that word picture in our head. We're in the car seat, and there's just some things we don't understand about riding in the Jeep with the top off. There's just some things we don't understand about what can happen, right? And so God is strapping us in. He's preparing us so that he can protect us and he can provide for us. It started quietly enough in the summer of 2002. Three talent scouts named Randy, what's up, dog? Paula and Simon traveled to several American cities to find the next American Idol. None of you watched that, do you? Man, we got so into that this, this, as a family. I mean, it was a crazy thing. It was, it was crazy. We'll talk about that in a minute. In each city, they auditioned hundreds of potential singing idols, but only 30 at each site moved on to the next round of competition. So far, the winners of the American Idol competition have all ascended to the stardom they were promised. First season winner, Kelly Clarkson, and runner-up, Justin, how do you say that? <laughs> I knew someone know. We, we found you. We found you. Greeny. Released records and co-starred in a movie. Clarkson's debut single became the fastest chart climber in history. Second season winner Reuben Stuttered and runner-up Clay Aiken enjoyed even greater success. Aiken's debut single, This Is The Night, reached number one on the Billboard Hot 100 charts in its first week. Only the 12th song in history to do that. And, how do you say this one? Fantasia? <laughs> what a name. Burrito? I want to say burrito, but I won't. Um, the winner of Idol's third season duplicated Aiken's feet with her single, I Believe. The series has weathered controversy and scandal to become one of the hottest shows on television. Most recently, auditioning over 100,000 Idol wannabes in seven different cities. Its fourth season debuted with 33.5 million viewers more than ever before. Its contestants become instant icons. Each new round makes news, and yet American Idols are nothing new. American has long been rife with idols, but not the Kelly, Clay, and now Taylor Hicks kinds. The idols we worship are far more numerous than the contestants who make it to Hollywood and the final few episodes of American Idol. They are real. They are dangerous, and chances are they are affecting your life and that of your family and your friends and church to a shocking degree. Now, let's be honest. We do not consider ourselves as idolaters, do we? When was the last time you woke up and you, and you looked in the mirror and said, dude, you are an idolater? We don't. We, we never, ever think about something like that. We don't build statues. I mean, we look around at all of these cultural things that happen in our world, and, 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 and the high school just got through watching a, a, a thing where we interviewed all these worldview, you know, uh, philosophies, and, and people were worshiping everything. Uh, one was worshiping a statue that, you know, had that milk would magically come out of it, and others were worshiping the, the, what looked like a cross on the side of a building, and, and you know, you hear about people selling a, a burnt piece of toast because it has a cross burn into it magically, and it sells for thousands of dollars on eBay. I mean, all of that, we look at that and say, you know, that's so far out, that's not us. We don't worship those things. But do you remember the story, how it went on with the Israelites and their impatience with Moses when he came up the mountain to get the Ten Commandments? And you remember what happened? The people grew tired of waiting, and they went to Aaron. and They said, Aaron, can't we 
make a statue? Can't, can't we create a God that we can worship, some, something that, that can lead us? They begin to divert their attention to something else, another idol. And a couple of things real quick that I think leads to that. One is impatience. The first thing that they said is when the people saw that Moses delayed to come down from the mountain, the people gathered themselves together to Aaron. Elise Fitzpatrick said, in the middle of this instant, give it to me quickly, it better be convenient culture. We tend to think that God should work in our lives in the same way. Quickly, Lord, if you don't mind. We turn to idols because we refuse to wait on God's timing. We refuse to say, this seat is for my protection, is to provide for me. And because, God, you're not doing it the way I think it should be done, and in the timetable I think it should be done, we grow very impatient. And you know what? And in that impatience, we begin to create and put other idols, other things. What would an idol be? It's anything that we would put before God or in the place of God. And guys, listen, in our culture, it is many, and it's anything. It, it, it's from music to fashion to so many things that we really don't think about as Americans. Now, I'm going to skip ahead a little bit to say this is the point of the summer. Why is it themed Call of Duty? Why do we have all the, the, the camo and the, and the army stuff up here? Because here's our focus for the summer. We're going to be talking every Sunday. We're going to have a different speaker up here. And what we're going to do is we're going to tackle some of these idols that are cultural idols. We're not going to talk about, you know, uh, building a golden calf 101. We're going to talk about the idols of... Uh, how we dress, how we idolize even ourselves, how we idolize money, how we idolize all these different things that are in our culture, and then we're going to come at those things, those idols, with our call to duty. What has God called us to do? Because see, the truth is, guys, is you know what? We are supposed to be different. Christian means Christ-like, and it's a difference. It, it's, not, it's not a blending in. It's not a becoming like everyone else. It's, it's not uh, fitting into our society as a Christian version of the culture. It's about being different. It's about being someone that, that would look at you and say, there is something different about you. You know, without you having a, a, a you know, mega blowhorn there and announcing that you're a Christian, it would be something about your life that would reflect a difference, a change of thinking, a change of living, a change of decision. And that's what we're all dealing with every single day of our lives. Am I going to choose to trust God, the God, or am I going to go with unbelief? And in unbelief, by not trusting God, that would be the opposite. In that unbelief, what we do is we begin to create these American idols in our lives. And before we know it, we get so caught up in them and consumed by them that we're really spending more time in worship and allegiance to the idols than we are to the God of the universe. And what a great concept, what a great thing for us to be thinking on this summer is, you know what? God is doing what he's doing. God is allowing what he's allowing in my life to protect me and to provide for me. You feel like sometimes your, your, your parents are, are holding you back or keeping you from doing something that you really want to do and they're, they're really encouraging you to do it another way. You know what? God's put them there. Mom's on this strap. Dad's on this strap. God's binding it all together. And he's saying, I'm doing it to protect you, to provide for you. Whatever that is, what would happen if this summer we begin to quit getting out of it, you know, just get out of our selfishness, 
quit looking at one another, quit, quit messing with all these cultural idols, and quit complaining, and we began to embrace the straps? What if we began to really embrace the concept that God is really doing what he's doing to protect and to provide for us? You know what would happen is our hearts would begin to move upward. Our attitudes change. Our focus change. Our friendships change. Everything begins to change. But you know what? It brings us back to that verse we went to earlier that we become unified. We become one. We become one with what God is doing. And although that's going to look a little different in all of our lives, God has us at different places. You know what? There's going to be a beautiful harmony among God's people as a whole as we serve him and as we follow him. So this summer, our call of duty versus our idols is going to be a really, really interesting study. And all throughout the summer are going to be threads. Uh, the books that we're looking at, power source, everything is going to just be knit, <clears throat> excuse me, knit together in order for us to have the opportunity to hear that message from God's Word. And I want to do something real quick, and then we're going to have to fly.